No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Isaiah sings about his beloved's vineyard, which is Israel. God will judge them for their excesses. He will whistle for distant nations to carry them away into captivity. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. Everybody likes a good story. And in the Bible, stories are often told through parables. That's what we have in Isaiah chapter 5. It's the parable about a vineyard. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard, what more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Now, I have read that in Hebrew, this is really a very beautiful song, as beautiful as any of the Psalms, but it is unclear who is singing it. It appears that Isaiah is singing this to the Lord, but some believe that God is singing this song to his beloved son, Jesus, and the song is about his vineyard. So you make the call. Now, the owner did everything he could do to ensure the vineyard's success. He plowed the soil and cleared the stones, which in Israel are many. He planted the most promising vine. He built a tower to watch for thieves and perhaps pests. He made a wine press in anticipation of a harvest. But instead of yielding good grapes, the vineyard yielded only wild, sour grapes. Now, all these things apply to Israel because Israel is the vineyard. God did everything to plant them in the promised land and ensure their success. But rather than serving him and bringing forth the fruit of the kingdom, love, righteousness, and to be a light to the nations, Israel only brought forth sour grapes. She would not walk in the ways of the Lord. So he puts it to Jerusalem and Judah to be the judges. What more could I do for my vineyard? And now please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it shall be burned and break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain, no rain on it. What would the Lord do? He would remove the hedge, which was a dense, often thorny row of trees or shrubs used in place of a fence. Then he would burn the vineyard and break down the wall. The wall also supported the tower. Now the tower was also a place where they would live during the harvest season. And so all of it would be broken down. Without the vine being pruned or the soil cultivated, briars and thorns would soon come up, choking the vines. As the sovereign Lord, he would also command a drought over the land, making it desolate. 
Now, Jesus told a similar parable to the Jews who did not believe in him. Matthew 21, 33. It was the parable about the landowner and the vineyard in which the Jews themselves were the ones that failed to bring forth fruit and then killed the landowner's son. And they understood that Jesus was talking to them about this because they knew that parable from Isaiah 5. Verse 7, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression for righteousness but behold, a cry for help. This shows us that the fruit God was looking for from his people was justice and righteousness. Later, the prophet Micah would write, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. But instead of finding this good fruit, The Lord only found oppression and a cry for help from the fatherless, widows, poor, and strangers who were being abused or neglected. The Lord is still looking for good fruit from the church today. How are we doing? What fruit are we bearing? Now, in the remainder of chapter 5, the Lord pronounces six woes or judgments that would come upon Israel for her sins. Verse 8, woe. To those who join house to house, they add field to field till there is no place where they may dwell alone in the midst of the land. In my hearing, the Lord of hosts said, truly, many houses shall be desolate, great and beautiful ones without inhabitant for 10 acres of vineyard shall yield one bath and a homer of seed shall yield one ephah. Now, the New Living Translation translates woe here as what sorrow for you. That carries with it the idea that it would be dreadful for the people who practice these sins. It is also an expression to hold them back from their recklessness, as we might say to a spirited or willful horse, whoa, Nelly. The first sin Isaiah takes on is their greed as they join house to house, literally just filling up the land for their own covetousness. But rather than gaining more, they would gain less. For the vineyards and the fields would not produce what they should normally have produced. Verse 11, woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink, who continue until night till wine inflames them. The harp and the strings, the tambourine and flute and wine are in their feasts, but they do not regard the work of the Lord nor consider the operation of his hands. Now, the Old Testament law did not require total abstinence, but it did warn against drunkenness many times, and that is carried into the New Testament as well. But they were following intoxicating drink and even rising in the morning to get drunk. Verse 13, therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. So Isaiah is looking down the road here to be almost 150 years later when the people of Judah would go into Babylonian captivity, and this would be the reason for committing these sins. Therefore, Sheol has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure, their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he who is jubilant 
shall descend into it. Sheol being the Hebrew word for the grave. It has enlarged itself and basically their glory and jubilance have been buried. People should be brought down. Each man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment and God who is holy shall be hallowed in righteousness. You see, God would discipline his children. He would discipline them by bringing them low, by humbling them. And that would be the only way that they would come to the end of themselves and the end of their sin. Then the lambs shall feed in their pasture, and in the waste places of the fat ones, strangers shall eat. God would then give opportunity to the livestock and the strangers to be able to feed on the land as they were unable to do because of the people's covetousness. Woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as if with a cart rope that say, let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw near and come that we may know it. Now these are those who are basically lying to themselves. They are drawing more iniquity by their lies, and they've even deceived themselves into thinking that they are following the counsel of the Holy One. They say, let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw near and come that we may know it. But they were not interested in knowing it because they weren't doing what God had said. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Is that not what we are seeing happening in our culture today? People calling evil good and calling the people that would stand for good evil. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Solomon would say, if you see somebody wise in their own eyes, there's more hope for a fool than for that person. Woe to men, mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. So so these were the men who were the leaders or the judges. And instead of giving justice and doing the right thing to the righteous people, they just wanted more to drink. Therefore, as the fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the chaff, so their root will be as rottenness and their blossom will ascend like dust because they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord is aroused against his people. He has stretched out his hand against them and stricken them and the hills trembled. Their carcasses were as refuse in the midst of the streets for all of this. His anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. So they would be devoured because they rejected God's law. And yet with all of this and their dead bodies lying in the midst of the streets, still God's anger would not be turned away until his judgment was complete. He will lift up a banner to the nations from afar and will whistle to them from the end of the earth Surely they shall come with speed swiftly. So he's going to call for the Assyrians to come and they were going to take away the northern kingdom of Israel captive and then they were going to come against cities in Judah and then later it would be the Babylonians that would take 
the people of Judah into captivity. No one will be weary or stumble among them. No one will slumber or sleep, nor will the belt on their loins be loosed, nor the strap on their sandals be broken, whose arrows are sharp and all their bows bent. Their horses' hooves will seem like flint and their wheels like a whirlwind. Their roaring will be like a lion. They will roar like young lions. Yes, they will roar and lay hold of the prey. They will carry it away safely and no one will deliver. In that day, they will roar against them like the roaring of the sea. And if one looks to the land, behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened by the clouds. Awesome, fearful words that would all come to pass, as Isaiah had said, when God would take his people captive. And why? Because of these six woes that he pronounces to the nation. They had turned away from God, and rather than pursuing righteousness, had pursued wickedness. But the day of reckoning would surely come. Even so, may we take to heart the days in which we are living and the word of God and fear the Lord because with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see where in the year that King Uzziah dies, Isaiah had a vision of the Lord seated in heaven. The Lord says, Who shall go for us? And Isaiah says, Send me. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.